a real frontline patriot brings you his one-of-a-kind perspective on freedom versus tyranny. This is the world premiere of the Political Prisoner Podcast, powered by Gateway Pundit. Now, live from solitary confinement, here's your host, January Sixer, Jake Lang. Hello, everyone. We're back with our guest, Dinesh D'Souza. Wow, what a man. I'm so honored to have him on my program, the Political Prisoner Podcast. Dinesh is the founder and the creator of a documentary called 2000 Mules that is mind-blowing. It exposes a lot of the fraud in the 2020 election. He also runs a podcast himself that uh, I've been on and that has hundreds of thousands of daily listeners. He's one of the biggest conservative proponents in the nation and just a great man uh, that stands for liberty and our Constitution um, in undefiled ways. So, Dinesh, how are we doing today, brother? Hey, I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, God bless you, man. Well, you know, the big thing happening right now, obviously, is the midterms, and uh, you know how they're trying to tie in January 6th, January 6th, January 6th to all of the, you know, kind of stamping on some of these more um, outspoken uh, conservative candidates. I've seen multiple commercials here um, from my prison in uh, Rappahannock, my ninth prison that they uh, brought me towards now, about, you know, they're showing images of January 6th and kind of branding different conservative leaders and, and Republican forerunners as uh, extremists and, and whatnot. What's, what do you think about uh, tying January 6th to uh, the Republican um, kind of more conservative, more Trump MAGA style um, Republican forerunners? Do you think that that's a, a good move for the Democrats or do you think it's a bad move? Well, I saw an interesting article just yesterday or the day before that basically said that the the two, you know, the big themes that the Democrats have been pushing in the election, that the Republicans are extreme uh, and, uh, and that the Republicans are, quote, the election deniers and the insurrection supporters. This, uh, these themes are not really resonating with the American people. In fact, um, even on the issue of election integrity, um, the Republicans are running modestly ahead of the Democrats. And see, the Democrats think that's their, like, slam-dunk issue, but it's not. Why? Because, A, lots of people do believe that the election was stolen. They certainly believe that you should be able to talk about it. And number two, um, the, um, many people believe that January 6th was a frame-up, was a fraud, was, uh, was a, and, and is certainly being over-prosecuted. So, all those things are embedded, I think, in the American psyche. Now, this is not to say that the Democrats can't make hay with those issues in certain precincts, but I think as a nationwide phenomenon, this, this whole campaign that sort of, yes, we're having an election and we're, it's an exercise in democracy, but one party is, quote, against democracy, this is proving to be a total dud. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that um, the American people got their their eyes peeled um, for the, the 
you know, the hypocrisy of the left as far as when Joe Biden goes up on, uh, you know, presidential stages and uh, says very extremist leaning things like calling all Trump supporters semi-fascists and um, calling out the MAGA crowd, which is just a red-blooded American liberty-minded uh, crowd as uh, enemies to the state and, uh, you know, existential threats to democracy that, you know, they're pointing the finger, one one finger at uh, the Republicans, but three are pointing back at them at this extremist uh, uh, wave and you know American people see right through it and you know that's uh, that's really kind of what this all boils down to is can people do people believe the TV or do they believe what their own eyes are are, are telling them and, and what reality has and you know it's it's podcasts like yours that kind of cut through the noise um, and give people the truth the on the ground um, reality what's happening instead of these spun narratives and you know how much the narrative has been spun around the 2020 election do you think uh, these midterms, we have uh, a great worry for um, more types of the nefarious actions with ballot stuffing, um, social media censorship, all of the myriad of different ways, technologically and physically, that the last election was rigged. What's your thoughts on this midterm election having those same threats towards it? Well, a couple of thoughts on that. I think, number one, that the when you expose something, it's very very hard to do it the same way again because um, I know even during the Arizona primaries there were basically patriots camping out at these mail-in ballot drop boxes they were almost like having a tailgate party and it's like hey we're waiting for the mules to show up let's see if any mules turn up to stuff ballots so when people are aware nationwide it's really difficult to deploy the kind of network that was deployed in 2020 now with regard to to January 6th um, the Republican Party here has been really derelict, in my opinion, with the exception of a handful of Republicans in the House and really virtually none in the Senate. Republicans tend to deal with these issues, whether it's, quote, election denial or whether it's January 6th, by essentially going into hiding under the desk. This is a disgrace uh, because, honestly, these are not losing issues. These are issues on which when you fight back, I mean, when I started making 2,000 meals, nobody was really talking about election fraud. They're afraid they're going to get banned, throw it off YouTube. Oh, there's no evidence. It's a big lie, blah, blah, blah. But if you sit down and methodically make the case, suddenly you realize it's not a big lie. In fact, the real big lie is that this was the most secure election in history. Where's the evidence for that? I've never seen one iota of evidence showing, demonstrating, proving that this was the most secure election in history. And yet the fact checkers are okay with it. You know, so I think that here the Republican Party needs to, to take a, a page from Lincoln and discover the virtue of courage and recognize that if they begin to run, instead of running away, if you run on these issues, you'll find that they can be winners for you. Uh, definitely. Um, you know, one of the problems is uh, we paint the Republican Party as this unified force, like um, like the January Sixers were. I mean, that day we were unified in standing up for our Constitution and free and fair elections, and that's a certain ilk of people. But we have there's still the swamp that's still left in the Republican Party. Kevin McCarthy seems like he may be getting his wits about him a little more. Um, but, you know, we still have a lot of members in the Republican Party that need to be ousted from their, you know, their Mitch McConnells and, and people of that nature and stuff like that. What do you see? How do you see the political shift that um, 
that Donald Trump and uh, the, the, the real solid people stand up for liberty in this country who have kind of become his supporters and found their way around the DeSantis and the MAGA movement. How do you see that shifting in the 2022 midterms as far as do you think that the House um, and the Senate where it's going to be run by the MAGA crowd or do you think it's going to be the same old business as Washington, the swamp monsters and the Republican uh, rhinos are still going to be in control? Or do you see a shift that's going to actually fundamentally change America so the answer is in the middle and what I mean by that is that you know there have been articles recently that you know one half of all the Republican candidates running in the midterms are election deniers and to me it's like that's fantastic that shows me the 2,000 meals is having its effect it's showing me that people are actually seeing the evidence and so um, I think that the message has gone out to the Republican establishment that the base of the Republican Party is definitely MAGA and is definitely, you may say, on our side. Now, this is not to say, I mean, we can, we can afford to kick out some of the, quote, rhinos, the people who are sort of not really Republican at all, but every party does need an establishment. The Democratic Party has an establishment. Nancy Pelosi's in it. Uh, Chuck Schumer's in it. What we need is an establishment better attuned to what the base wants and an establishment that speaks for us and is not, a, not sort of trying to undermine us behind closed doors. So I think with that, you need both a carrot and a stick approach. I mean, I saw this happening in the early 80s with Reagan, because if you remember, the Republican establishment was all a kind of a Gerald Ford establishment. Reagan was the outsider. But what happened over time is that Reaganism kind of, you may say, infected the entire Republican Party, and pretty much everybody became a Reaganite. That's what we want to see happen here, not necessarily to kick everybody out, but we want these guys to realize that, hey, listen, this is the way to win. This is, the, this is where the Republican Party is going. If you want to be the leader, you better get, in front, get out in front of your followers. Yes, um, for sure. I mean, you know, one of the things that is kind of like the meter that, that I've been using, and I know a lot of people in, in my, um, my circle have been using, is if somebody is willing to stand behind the January Sixers, call them patriots, say, see the, the two-tier justice system, how we've been treated compared to Hunter Biden and Antifa rioters and anybody that has been protected by the, the establishment media and by the Democrat Party. If the Republicans who are elected in uh, the midterms can come and actually stand behind uh, the January Sixers and speak the truth about the event, um, an unarmed you know, protest that turned into violence uh, after the police instigated us, that we were there standing up on behalf of our Constitution, free and fair elections, and for liberty for generations. I think that that will be the meter that shows, okay, is the Republican Party shifting into a, a fighter? a party of fighters, party of go-getters, or are they just going to win back power in the midterms and then just relax and kind of not try to change anything, keep the status quo the status quo? What do you think are some different signifiers that are going to show the American people after we take back the House and God bless, hopefully the Senate, that there's actually a change coming, that Washington uh, politics is actually uh, going to be able to change America? Or do you think that people should put their faith in something much higher than Washington, that, that only God can help save this country and change this country? Because that's where I've been more leaning towards now uh, recently, in my own opinion, but I want to know, know yours. Well, the American politics is fought in teams, and um, we have 
essentially a Republican team and a Democratic team. And much as we might like some other, uh, you know, libertarian or third party or some other way to, to work politically, this is pretty much the only earthly way to, uh, to win. And so we have to work on our own team and make it bigger and stronger. And, uh, but we don't want to thin out our own ranks because we can't win. Um, Republicans need, we need to hold the Republicans and win in some independence, and then we'll crush the other side. I mean, the good news is that, you know, black males are coming over in our direction. Hispanics, male and female, are coming in our direction. We're becoming increasingly the party of the working class, and there certainly are a lot of those. So the long-term prospects of the Republican Party look good. And, but, you know, I was listening to the, um, the newly elected Italian Prime Minister, Giorgia Maloney. She's speaking Italian, but you can largely follow her. And the subtitles, she's so fiery, passionate, intelligent, hardcore. And I'm thinking, I cannot think of one person in the Republican Party right now who is like this. This is what we need. We need about 30 Georgia Maloney's, and we would really have a different country. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, you know, the passion has kind of been sucked out of our politics. And, um, you know, people like yourself that are very passionate about what they do, Dinesh, um, are really helping shift uh, this new generation of, of patriots and uh, people of great faith, um, people who love liberty, to come to the forefront and to start running for local school boards and congressmen and women positions. And I do see a great field and I see great potential for America if we can put our faith in God and also support each other and stand on the, the principles of our constitution and uh you're doing great work on your podcast guys everybody who's listening to the sound of my voice right now i want you to go on apple podcast app spotify i want you to type in dinesh d'souza i want you to check out his podcast he does daily he's an absolute fireball he's got the passion he's a great leader and um more people like dinesh and more people um like yourself all of our amazing listeners uh, tuning in and getting involved in politics and getting involved in in your work of God and uh, moving in action, putting your faith to action will help save this country. So we need every single person to do their part um, this midterm, get out there and vote and get out there and get to church too. Um, Dinesh, thank you so much for joining me. You are uh, a great brother of mine and such a supporter of the January Sixers. Uh, it's, it's, words cannot put uh, to, to express how gra grateful we are for you, Dinesh, really. Uh, Jake, really appreciate it. I'm doing nothing more than standing up for what's right and what's just. And, and so thank you very much. I've enjoyed being on the podcast and uh, all the best to you in this difficult time. Thank you. God bless you.